Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. The Kogan Money Credit Card, a great value card with rewards and no annual fee. Summer Breakfast. Welcome back. Great to have your company. Hope your day started well on this sunny Tuesday morning here in uh, Melbourne. Sam Edmonds, Simon O'Donnell with you for Summer Breakfast. I've been looking forward to chatting. Did you know it was sunny? I can see out the window. Got two eyes. Can't from my seat. I can see the sun beaming off the windows over there in the distance, and uh, I know it's going to be a warm one as well. So look yeah. after yourself today, especially yes. if you are heading to the tennis, where yes. and you do have that great value ground pass. You want to be sun sixty smart. bucks. Drink grand plenty. Pass. Sixty bucks. Twelve hours of tennis. Yep. Can't beat it. You can have ice creams, hot dogs, chips. Okay. And healthy stuff as well. Unfortunately, Nick Kyrgios will not be there. Uh, that was the big news yesterday. And, uh, and a Coke. Injuries are the reality Milkshake. of sport, especially elite-level sport. And that's why it's always great to have a chat to this man, one of the best in the business. And great to have him on the line. Dr. Peter Larkins is with us. Welcome, Doc. Morning, Sam. Good morning, Sod. Good love, day, love your nutrition, nutrition guidelines, <laughs> yeah. Sod. Thoughts on that, beautiful, Doc? Beautiful. Give, give, giving the public a great example. Thank you. <laughs> well, it was a big news yesterday, Doc. Uh, Nick Kyrgios, his injury, had his trainer, Will Maher, beside him. Um, from what we are aware, it's been described as a, a small lateral meniscus tear. He's obviously got a cyst in there as well, and he did, uh, for those of us who wanted to see it, post a, a rather graphic uh, Instagram photo of what had been drained out of his knee the other day. Um, what are we dealing with here with Nick Kyrgios? And, and I guess the concerns, as Will Maher pointed out, about um, some potential more serious injury if he, if he actually played on through this. Yeah, well, a meniscus tear is sort of the common cartilage tear that people use in the everyday language. And uh, they can occur either in the inner half of the knee, the medial, or in this case, the lateral, the outer half of the knee. So that's an everyday thing, not only in the sporting world, but in people that can twist their knee, just you know, falling over in the shower or, or stumbling down the stairs. Um, but the, the problem is when you get the cyst, it's actually leaking a fluid, a bit like a blister attached to the, to the meniscus tear. So it's a sack of fluid that pushes out against the side of the knee. So they did try to drain that and, and reduce the pressure in the knee. But the bottom line is he's got a meniscus mm. tear that generates that problem. So the arthroscope treatment was pretty much invented in the early days for, for meniscus tears. That's what it first came yeah. along in the 1970s to do arthroscopes of knees. But the problem is you will have to remove and someone at Nick's age, you're not going to repair it or stitch it back like you might do in a teenager. It's more likely when it's already got a cyst attached that the meniscus will be quite soft and, and quite broken down. So it would have gotten worse if he played. I guess the you know, consequence of playing on would have been he just would have got sore and not been able to twist and turn. So the, the decision to get it done so it doesn't become a bigger tear makes sense. But of course, then he's got to recover from that because he will have part of that cushioning because the meniscus mm. serves partly as a cushioning in the knee and means you'll lose some of that. So you can't return too soon after this sort of arthroscope because of the risk of swelling and continuing soreness. Is there any window here at all, Doc, and it's hard from the outside looking in, but to question the timing? Is this not something, especially with a meniscus tear, that they would have known about and his team would have known about and potentially could have operated on in the lead into this to give him the time to get ready for the open? 
Well, the, the time, you know, the time could be six weeks before you can actually yeah. get on a court again and, and twist and turn. I mean, walking down the street in a straight line is not putting a lot of pressure on a knee, so they would have had to have had it six weeks out from the summer tennis season. Mm. So a small tear before the cyst develops, you can sort of put up with that, and they were treating it. They were well aware of it, I'm told, um, but the cyst can develop subsequent to that and start causing that extra pressure because it's that little, as I said, like a little blister or pushing on the side of the knee. So to get the window, I mean, it's a big window in one sense. It's not like an arthroscope and a week later you're back running around. It would have been more, especially with, you know, you know how agile it is on the, yeah. on the court. We see them slip and slide and those extreme movements. I mean, Nadal and um, Nock Djokovic are extreme examples, but there's no question the Knicks are very mobile player. So, you know, the six-week window, I'm not sure when they would have had that. And uh, perhaps they thought they could get away with it just by draining mm. this, but clearly um, that didn't didn't make the difference. Doc, what's he do from a recovery point of view? And, and you've explained to us that the cushioning's not there. So he just has to strengthen up, you know, his bum and his hamstrings and his yep. his thighs. That, that's He has to sort of create a, a sort of artificial cushioning? Well, you do. I mean, you've got internal cushioning. We call it cartilage in the knee. And then you've got the external cushioning, which is the muscles. I'm very impressed, Simon, with that that, that, uh, that knowledge of yours. You must have been done sport at some stage. It's while I was having a chalk wedge, I think. <laughs> and, and a can of Coke, yeah. Um, but, but, yeah, look, the issue is he needs to – I mean, they'll, they'll take out the minimal amount of meniscus required and leave behind a healthy meniscus. But given that it's got a cyst in it, there's going to be quite a big percentage of the meniscus that, that's damaged. So he'll have some of that uh, cushioning left behind. And it's a common operation, so it's not as if we're saying, oh, this is unknown territory. But it just it, it's, it can take that four to six weeks before you load it up. So he'll be doing unloaded work in the pool and gym and some seated boxing and weight training. And then, as you say, he'll develop all the muscles external to the knee around the thigh and right up to the hip level because they're cushioning as well. They don't just move your knee. And, and then they'll be looking to see, you know, gradually introducing straight line activities before you get in that multi-directional tennis stuff. So so the program's pretty much standard for, you know, with an elite physio supervising the rehab after an arthroscope for an athlete at that level. Um, but it can go wrong. I mean, people get infections in those. We, we saw that happen a little bit with, um, you know, Darcy Moore, with what's happened with, with Collingwood and the football, how long it's taken him to get back to even to be able to run laps last night at Collingwood training. And it's the same with the knee surgery. That can give that trouble. So... You know, in, in in the best of scenarios, I think six weeks probably before he's doing much in the way of proper hit-up work on a court. Speaking of specialist sport and exercise physician, Dr. Peter Larkins. Doc, I think uh, you spent a period of your uh, Aussie summer over there in the States at a concussion seminar. And I wonder what the worldview is on concussion at the moment. And we're reminded of it here in our own backyard, I suppose, yesterday with uh, the news that Marcus Adams is unlikely to play at all this year as well with the... Uh, with the symptoms that he still continues to have from round 21 last year, which is a serious issue. I mean, what's the latest worldview and the discussion that revolves around concussion at the moment? Yeah, this was the world consensus meeting that had been put off for a couple of years because of all the COVID restrictions. It was actually in Amsterdam. It was run by right. all of the world world bodies. It was uh, world rugby, um, world soccer, as they call it, which is obviously um, the, the World Football Association, the NRL, the F- AFL were all represented at that. So it was 600 people gathering to look at the latest research. And I guess the bottom line is we still have a lot to learn and players react a lot differently. That concussion is, is quite a different thing in different people and the lingering effects of concussion can go on for a long, long time preventing any athlete, whether they're a jockey or whether they're a footballer or, or anyone who's been concussed from getting back to activity because of ongoing things like fatigue or headache particularly. So, 
So the world of concussion is sort of evolving. It, it's sort of, you know, if it, it was a timeline of human nature, I said we're probably, we've gone from being in the, uh, the medieval times, maybe into the dark ages. We're still a long way away from being up with knowing because you just can't take a picture of concussion. It's a lot of it's to do with the symptoms and the way the player feels. And so we know that uh, it's very individual. We know that it can happen with a small knock. It doesn't have to be a big knock. And we know that kids take longer to get better. So there's going to be a whole lot of new guidelines come out, but they won't change the pattern much of, of getting the players off the ground and making sure that they get good uh, treatment before they return to training. Doc, oh, I hope this doesn't sound a stupid question because it seems so hard to clarify what, what concussion or the result of concussion is to different people. Are there other contributing factors to concussion other than the brain? Oh, it's a great question, Simon. I mean, I guess we think of concussion as being a disturbance of the brain function for sure, and it has different symptoms. I mean, there's 30 different symptoms that players can report, right, from headache to dizziness to, you know, blurred vision. And so they're all, I guess, functioning of the brain in the way that it interprets things to do. But, you know, personality, I mean, other lifestyle factors, stress, they all make a difference, you're right, in terms of individual response, as it isn't true in any medical condition. So... We haven't really identified a personality type. I mean, we do know that people have had concussion in the past and more likely to have it again. And the more you have, the more simple the concussion or the hit has to be to set you off again. So that's that's probably predisposes the person who's um, you know in, that, in terms of what they've had before, Simon. But to say, oh, there's a personality type or there's other factors in their metabolic processes, I don't think that's been identified. It really is that the brain is still pretty much the the hard hard or less understood organ in, you know, we know a lot about hearts and knees, etc. The brain is one we're still working out. Uh, Doc, before we let you go, Max King, Nathan Kruger, Kruger shoulder reconstructions uh, one uh, a yeah. while back and one announced yesterday. I guess we, in the AFL world, we're familiar with those in the timeline. The one I wanted to ask you about, and, and we do ask you a lot of questions that notice here, is the one for Sam Walsh, who pre-Christmas had surgery on a micro dissectomy in his back to relieve uh, or remove yep. uh, part of a bulging disc portion to relieve pressure on the nerve. I mean, the timeline for something like that, is that is that possible to even uh, guesstimate or estimate? I mean, what sort of operation has the Carlton midfielder undertaken here? Yeah, well, micro means done with the, the smallest possible cuff and disturbance of the muscles and going in with the new imaging technique. So <clears throat> there's been a lot of advances in, in that sort of minimally invasive, mm. so-called MI surgery we talk about. We're doing it this morning here at the Avenue Hospital, about to start. Um, so, But the timeline, again, de- depends on the player's individual response. I mean, the fact that you don't disturb the muscles or cut through as many layers to get in and remove the bulging disc that's causing the nerve pressure, that's great news. Um, and, and um, you know, I'm going to say patience because even a patient today having that operation here would be up and walking tomorrow and they'd be, you know, walking gently around after a couple of days. So athletes tend to be more motivated. So, so getting back to activities a lot quicker, but it still can be, you know, it can be as quick as a month for, for an elite athlete to go back. I, I remember um, in the old days um, of footy and Gary Lyon was one of the first people to have a discectomy done when Ange Christou, you guys are old enough to remember Ange yeah. Christou when he played at Carlton. In my early days at footy, Sam, they were surgeries that took a long time. We had the Gary Lyon wing at the hospital where I worked because it took him so long to get out. We gave him, we had to charge him rent for a while. It took him so long to get out of hospital after after Gary Lyon had his um, had his back surgery. But so the issue really comes down to this micro surgeries revolutionised the amount of time people are off their feet and getting back going. But so the timing of it, as I said, someone like Sam who's who's fit and, and motivated. 
Um, he, he's a good Geelong boy, of course, uh, Sam. Yes, you know that. Thank you. Um, he, he, just threw that in. Um, <laughs> he, he'll probably be able to, you know, get back and walking and swimming and things literally within um, within four to six weeks. And, and you know, you wouldn't put it less than six weeks in terms of what the surgeon would allow him to do with any heavy knocks or tackling or things like that. Hey, great to have you on, Doc. Always uh, so insightful. Appreciate your patience and explaining it to us. Uh, uh, I guess from the outside looking in, uh, we've always got so many questions. Appreciate you finding the time out of your busy schedule today, mate. Always a pleasure. Cheers, guys. Good luck. Dr. Peter Larkins uh, there joining us on the line. Uh, Together with Maccas. That bloke just next to him woke up that he's a bit cooperative. Get the the gas back on. Uh, Danger, Doc! (laughs) How long have we been waiting for here? Uh, Together with Maccas, we're giving you and a mate the chance to win a trip to Delhi for the second test, India, Australia in February. You know the drill by now. It's all thanks to Maccas. All you've got to do is to be crowned last fan standing. 11 cricket questions, and I've cited today's 11. A difficulty factor rating for you? you, Simon? Have you had a look? Six. Just a six today. Okay, answer correctly and you keep going. Incorrect, you're out. We'll take the next caller. And the last fan standing after the 11th question will have the chance to win. So, green light is turned on. one 736 736 While you're taking place in the queue and getting ready for last fan standing, we'll get to this.